Hello and good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're connecting live, welcome. If you're stumbling on this video at some other time, welcome. If you're live with us on YouTube, welcome. If you're connecting on Facebook, welcome to you. It's such a joy, such a privilege to meet you in the very comfort of your homes. This is KICC, Kingsway International Christian Center in the greater Toronto area. And it is a privilege to come to you in your homes, you know, at a time where there are probably maybe a million and one online streams uh you have chosen to give us this privilege to be with you and to have fellowship with you so we do not take it for granted we are sure that we together are going to have a wonderful time in god's word so once again welcome to kicc here we're raising champions here we're taking territories here god's promises to us are valid here god's promises to us are not cancelled here 2020 remains our year of shining 2020 remains our year of unlimited greatness thank you for joining us for this midweek service broadcast we will dive straight into the word but before we go ahead let's just say a quick word of prayer together father in the name of jesus i want to thank you for as many who are connected to us in this moment wherever they may be because we know in the realm of the spirit there is no distance i pray for all of them your sons your daughters watching online that as they open their hearts to receive your word let there be illumination let us all receive revelation let us all be transformed by your word and your name alone will be glorified for in jesus name we have prayed in jesus name we have prayed amen once again thank you so much for joining us last week wednesday we began the conversation on how we made it true how we made it true our world is in very turbulent times we live in very uncertain periods nobody knows with certainty what's called apple next all right experts have been defied forecasts have been trumped all right um and many people are scared, genuinely scared. So we began the conversation last week, Wednesday, and we said it is possible to be genuinely worried without being afraid. If you've not connected to that, please look for it. It's right there on our pages, either on Facebook or on YouTube. We made it true. And we talked about the differences between someone who is scared, somebody who is genuinely concerned, and someone who is afraid. You know, we discussed 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, and we said that God has not given us a spirit of fear. So the moment you identify fear, first thing, you make the right diagnosis. It is a spirit too. It isn't from God. All right. So we settled that last week. And we talked about a couple of things that fear does. Last week, Sunday, uh, during the live stream, we talked about a conversation of you being included. Psalm 91 verse 1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Many people have seen that scripture and have said, oh, are you saying protection is only guaranteed for a select few? And we went through scripture showing that it is not a scripture for a select few. It is a scripture for you. The doors are open. The borders to this kingdom are open. God wants you to be a part of his family. Praise God. Praise God. So we made it true. We made it true. It's highly, highly turbulent times. But I come with a word of hope. 
I come with a word of encouragement. I come with a word of sure promise that we made it true. We will come out of this stronger. We will come out of this better. You will be alive. Your family will be alive. We will live to testify of God's goodness. In the mighty name of Jesus. I said in the mighty name of Jesus. We will come out stronger in Jesus' name. So this evening, I'm just going to be walking us through a couple of thoughts as we continue our conversation on we made it true. We are not making room for fear. There is no room for fear here. We know that wherever fear is, faith is stifled. Faith is snuffled. There is no room for faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we cannot, under any circumstances, permit fear. There is no room for fear here. Praise God. Fear causes irrational behavior. As you've seen in the past couple of weeks, people are not even acting in a way that they would imagine they would ever act. Fear causes irrational behavior, panic-driven behaviors. There is an inability to focus and make the right decisions and take the right steps. And any decision you make under fear, you can be almost guaranteed that it is a wrong decision. All right, so this evening, we're going to go into the Word of God, and I'm going to be talking about us being still. And why do we need to be still? Because it is in the place of stillness that we remember. It is in the place of stillness that we remember. It is in the place of stillness that we remember. And I'm just going to take us straight to Psalms chapter 46, verse 10. Psalms chapter 46, verse 10. It says... God is our refuge. That is verse 1, verse 10. Psalm chapter 46, verse 10. It says, be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. There is a dimension of knowledge of God's power. There is a dimension of knowledge. I'm, I'm not talking of awareness. I'm not talking of head knowledge. I'm not talking of Oh, I know God. I know God is good. I know God is powerful. No, there is a dimension, a deep-seated, rooted intimacy of knowledge, experiential knowledge that you cannot come to unless you experience stillness. I believe. Okay, great. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. All right. So for us to enter into that level of experiential knowledge of knowing that indeed He is God. Not just some tale spoken by someone, not just some convincing words by some pastor, but for you to indeed know that he is God, there is a need for stillness. There's so much activity, so much noise all around us. This is a call to stillness, a call to quietness. Praise God. Can we see Psalm 46 from verse 8, the same, just to see some of the verses before and up until verse 11 from verse 8. Psalm 46 from verse 8. It says, Come behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. Verse 9. It says, The ends of the earth, he breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. So you can see that your God is active. Your God is fighting for you. Verse 10 now says, you be still. Dear child of God, be still. In stillness, you come to know that he is God. He will be exalted among the nations and be exalted in the earth. Verse 11. Verse 11. It says, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Pause. Think. Soak it in. Praise God. 
Praise God. So my message to you this evening is remember. Somebody say remember wherever you are. I want you to participate. All right, we're still in church. Say remember. Remember. And this evening, I'm going to be walking us through, I believe, four major points that we must remember in stillness. You drown out all the noise, all the fear, all the focus. Sometimes you need to disconnect from the news. Sometimes you need to plug away from what the experts are saying. Sometimes you need to sit in stillness and soak in the word of God. Do not, re do not forget what we said last week, that God's formula for chaos, when he showed up in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2, the Bible tells us there was darkness, there was, the, the earth was without void, it was formless, that the spirit of the Lord overed. All right, and God said, God's word, the fellowship of the spirit, and God said, I will strongly recommend you listening to last Wednesday's sermon. I think you will be really, really, really blessed. Praise God. Praise God. So this evening, we're talking about remembering, remembering. Number one, what should you remember in stillness? What should you and I remember in stillness? Number one, we must remember is covenant. We must remember is covenant. We must remember is covenant. Dear child of God, listening to me. I don't know who you are or where you are on the surface of the earth, but I want you to remember that if indeed you identify as a child of God, then you need to accept that you are not just anybody. You are not just anybody. I do not know what the color of your passport may be. I do not know how many nations of the earth you need visas to get to but permit me to let you know that there is a kingdom that you belong to there is a citizenship that you belong to that is superior to any citizenship on earth that is superior to any care of any nation or any government praise god so you must remember that you are a child of covenant you have an agreement that is sealed by blood you have an agreement with your maker Therefore, you must be still and remember his covenant. Genesis chapter 9 verse 15. Genesis chapter 9 verse 15. The Bible introduces us to the first covenant that God had with a man. And that man was Noah. I think we're going to have it up soon. The first covenant brokered with man was in Genesis 9 15. was with Noah. He says, I will remember, this is God speaking, my covenant which is between me and you. And every living creature of all flesh, the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. Praise God. So we see from the very beginning, God has been entering into covenants. And then he graduated that covenant. He brokered it with Abraham, continued it with Isaac, continued it with Jacob, continued it with the children of Israel. And then the book of Romans tells us that we have been engrafted into that commonwealth by virtue of the blood of Jesus. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, or maybe let's see Leviticus 26 first. Leviticus chapter 26 verse 42. Leviticus 26 42. It says, I will remember, I will not forget my covenant with Jacob. My covenant with Abraham, my covenant with Isaac. God is saying there is a covenant in place. You are not just anybody. All right? I need that to sink into you. I am not just anybody. Other people might be worrying about their jobs, about their homes, about guarantees, about their job security. But I want you to rest assured, I am a child of covenant. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24. It says, Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant 
if the covenant with Noah was great, if the covenant with Abraham was awesome, if the covenant with Isaac and Jacob and the children of Israel that constantly caused a demarcation between them and other nations, how much more a new covenant that has been brokered by Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Why? Because his blood speaks better things than the blood of Abel. He speaks vengeance. His blood speaks mercy. Praise God. Praise God. So I want you watching and listening. Remember, you are a child of covenant. You are under contract by a blood that has been shed from the foundations of the earth. The blood of the Lamb of God. The blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. You have to rest assured that there is a covenant in place. And you are engrafted in that covenant. You are a part of his family. Therefore, this covenant covers you. This covenant covers your children. This covenant covers your family. This covenant covers your own. Praise God. I said, praise God. So we need, we need, you know, you know, the Bible tells us in Exodus um, that God gave the people of Israel an instruction to put the blood on their posts. And I'm imagining that some of them had friends and said, well, you might not know what is going on, but I think you should come visit my house this night. And say, well, why do I have to visit your house this night? Uh, I might be busy. Say, no, this night, come visit my house. There's something going to happen. Say, oh, you've come with all this here, you know, funny stuff. He said, no, just this night. You can go back to your house, but just this night. The Bible tells us that as the destroyer passed across, upon every house where he saw the blood, he passed over. All right? And when you go to the book of Joshua and you read the book of Rahab, I love the way the Bible calls her Rahab the prostitute. Rahab the prostitute. And Joshua gave an instruction. He said, get Rahab out. You will have thought it would be only Rahab. But because there was a covenant in place that covered even Rahab's family, he says, get a father, get a mother, get her siblings, and all that belong to her. Wow. That is the power of a covenant. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 24 tells me that there is a covenant that is better than that. The one mediated by Jesus, by the blood of sprinkling, and that blood speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Praise God. So you must remember, you must remember that you are a child of covenant. Praise God. Praise God. Number two, number two, you have to remember his faithfulness. Drown out the noise. Be still and remember his faithfulness. Remember that he is a faithful God. He is a faithful God. He is a faithful God. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 13. Second Timothy 2 13. He says, if we, if we are faithless, if we will not keep to our part of the bargain, if we, as we usually are, if we are faithless, he says, he remains faithful. This is a very powerful scripture. He remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. He remains faithful. He remains faithful. I want you to drown out the noise and be still. Remember that God is faithful. God is faithful. You have to focus. Remember his faithfulness in time past. How do you remember his faithfulness? Number one, remember that his promises are sure. His promises are sure. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. He says, all the promises of God in him, in Christ, they are yes. And they are amen. His promises are sure. God is faithful. God is faithful. He is the ancient of days. He is faithful. He is faithful. 
he won't begin to learn on faithfulness. All right? 2020 is not strange in this calendar. I need us. I just need us. I'm repeating this because it is what we need to repeatedly do. Drown out the noise. Remember his faithfulness. Remember his faithfulness. His promises are sure. Second Corinthians 1 verse 20. It says, for all the promises of God in him are yes. And in him, amen. To the glory of God through us. Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11. Isaiah 55 11 says, so shall it be my word, my word, my promises which proceed out of my mouth. It says they will go forth and they will not return without accomplishing the purpose for which it was sent. It says, so forth shall it be. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. That is his faithfulness. God remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Praise God. Praise God. Number two, as we remember his faithfulness, we have to remember that, hey, it is God's integrity at stake here. This is God's integrity at stake here. This is not my integrity at stake. Who am I to make a promise? Who am I to what is my pedigree? How many promises have I fulfilled? But you can go to the king of kings and the ancient of days and you walk with him and you draw a map of his faithfulness he's been making promises has he been keeping them did he keep them to our fathers in the old testament did he keep them to our fathers in the new testament did he keep them to our fathers of faith has he kept any promise to you their child of god watching in time past we must not forget in the dark what we saw clearly in the light we must not begin to doubt now the promises we testified about, the dances we gave him, the rejoicings we had when life seemed normal. This is not a time to doubt. This is a time to be still, a time to be still and to remember his faithfulness. It is his integrity at stake. You know, there's an interesting story in Luke chapter 1. It's one we're very familiar with, one we, we talk about especially um, during Christmas season. The angel Gabriel had appeared to the high priest Zechariah. And he said, Luke chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. Luke chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. I'm sure they're going to put it up for us. The angel told him, he said, you, Zechariah, your wife, Elizabeth, she's going to conceive and bear you a son. And Zechariah said, how shall these things be? And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man. My wife is well advanced in, in years. Verse 19, which is where we're going. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. That is a statement of integrity. He's saying, you don't understand. You don't understand that the, the, the promise I am giving to you, there is an authority at stake. Now, this is an angel saying, I am Gabriel. How much more a promise coming straight to you directly from God, from the King of Kings, from the Lord, the commander of heaven's hosts, the commander of heaven's armies. His integrity is the one at stake here. Gabriel said, I am Gabriel. If only you know the integrity accrued to my name, my office, as the one who stands in the presence of the God, in the presence of God. I bring you these glad tidings. Glory to God. Glory to God. You must remember it is God's integrity at stake. And he cannot deny himself. He cannot deny himself. Praise God. Exodus 32, 7. Exodus 32. An interesting story there. I know some of the scriptures might be on, on, on the screen. But the Bible tells us that Moses was having a meeting with God. And God told him, Moses, there's something going on down there. You need to go fix it. And God said to Moses, he said, your people. He says, go, go get down for your people now. I want you to read this because you can easily miss this. This is not Moses saying to the Lord. 
This is the Lord saying to Moses. So God is telling Moses, your people, I want you to see that, your people whom you brought out, whom Moses brought out, all right, out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves, all right? And Moses, on the altar of intercession, if you can put up verse 12 and verse 13, Moses says, no, 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 God, I, I think there is a fault in this equation. This is not me. This is not my integrity. This is not me. I do not have the power to deliver these people. I didn't have the power to bring them out of Egypt. You were the one that wrote great and mighty wonders and you brought them out. You were the one that parted the Red Sea. You were the one that caused them to walk on dry land. You brought out these people and they are not my people. They are your people. This is your integrity that is at stake. Verse 12, please. Exodus 32 and verse 12. It says, and say, it brought, okay, I think this is not the beginning of verse 12. Why should the Egyptians speak and say, he brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? He says, turn from your fierce wrath and relent from this arm to your people. Praise God. Can we put up verse 13? Verse 13. Remember Abraham. You see the covenant coming back to play. Isaac and Israel, your servants to whom you swore by your own self, I will multiply my descent, your descendants as the stars of heaven and all the land that I have spoken of I give to your descendants and they shall inherit it forever. Praise God. Praise God. So his promises are sure. It is his integrity that is at stake. One more thing as you remember his faithfulness is that if he's done it before, he can do it again. If he's caused deliverance before, he can cause deliverance again. If he's been a faithful God, he remains faithful. If he's done it before, he can do it again. If he's delivered us from a pandemic before, he can do it again. If he's delivered us from a recession before, he can do it again. Hebrews 13 verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, and forevermore. If he's done it before, he can do it again. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. is a song we sing. It says, the steadfast love. I, I, I'm, I want to see the version they are giving us. It says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. Verse 23. It says that they are new every morning. Great, great is his faithfulness. Praise God. Praise God. So be still. Be still. Be still. Focus. Keep calm. Drown out the noise. Remember. Remember. First and foremost is covenant. You are a child of covenant. Remember his faithfulness. He is faithful. Number three. Remember his goodness. 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 A time of turbulence, a time of adversity causes us to forget every good thing done. Every good thing done. You know, sometimes you've, you've, you've watched maybe interviews, real interviews, or maybe movies of couples having issues and they're just done. They want to get a divorce. They're done with everything. And you, you, you see sometimes there's a counselor walking them through their irreconcilable differences. I am looking at the couple and the husband is saying, you know, you know, she's the worst woman in the world. She's the biggest mistake I ever made. She's unfaithful. She's unreliable. She doesn't love me. And the wife is saying, well, you have been very responsible. And they are just throwing all sorts 
all sorts, all sorts. And part of the tool that a trained counselor uses is kind of to walk them back before these irreconcilable differences suddenly came forth and saying, was there ever a time where you loved this man? Was there ever a time where you loved this woman? Was there ever a time? Are there any things you admire about them? Have they ever been good to you? And sometimes they bring out the wedding pictures or the honeymoon pictures and they are seeing the smiles and you are wondering what happened. How did these smiles become these frowns? How did this joy of the past become the sorrow of today? How did this wine in this marriage become so bitter? In the same way, in the time of fear, in the time of turbulence, in the time of hardship, it is as though God has never done any good thing. As though God has never done any good thing. And people are there saying all sorts. But you need to be still and to remember, God has been good to me. If every other person in the world is looking at him and saying all sorts, I know that God has been good to me. Ah, I know God has been good to me. I know who I was. I know where I've been. I know where he picked me from. I know the moments where ideally I should have died. I know the moments where ideally I should have been gone and forgotten. And God has been good to me. He has been good to me. I will remember. I will not be like others who have chosen to forget. I will not be like the Israelites who shortly, shortly after walking through the Red Sea began to murmur immediately. Who were fed with manna and after, shortly after, started complaining that the, that, that the meal was in balanced diet. Can you imagine? All right. So we must not forget his goodness. You need to be still. Be still and remember his goodness to you. Psalm chapter 136. It's an amazing chapter that you should read often. If you could just put verse 1 and verse 2 on the screen. Psalm chapter 136. It says, give thanks to the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. He is good is a statement of truth. It is not a fact. Fact requires circumstantial backing. Based on this evidence, then we can say this person is good. God's goodness is not a function of any circumstance. Goodness is his nature. God is good. And I want you to sink that in. That you serve a good God. That your father is a good father. And you just have to remember his goodness. It might not look like there's anything good going around now, but you need to be still. Drown out the noise. You need to be still. Remember his goodness. Remember his goodness. Glory to God. Glory to God. Number four, because of the brevity of time, number four, remember his deliverance. Remember his deliverance. Remember that no good father ever leaves their children stranded. Remember his deliverance. In the past, he has shown up to deliver and to pull out. This will not be an exception. Child of God, let me announce to you that there is deliverance coming your way. It might not make sense. I might not know how. You might not know how. Everything might look bleak, gone, dead, forgotten, scared. Every, I, I, I know the experts. I know the recession. Looming, blooming. Some are saying it's coming. Some are saying it's here. But I have good news for you. That dear child of God, there is deliverance coming for you. I said there is deliverance coming for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. He's done it in the past. He's caused deliverance to happen miraculously in the past. At a time where based on evidence, it made no sense that there would be a way. That song says 
that when our backs were against the wall and it seemed like it was over, he made a way. That is the God that we serve. A God of deliverance. A God who doesn't need doors to create ways. A door, oh, come on. A God who doesn't need a door to cross a way. The one who creates streams, rivers to flow in the wilderness. That is our God. May I announce to you all the promises that God had for you at the beginning of 2020. He did not need the permission of your government. He did not need the guarantee of oil prices. He did not need the promise of your economic policy decision makers. He only needed his own integrity and he, all he had to do was to say it, to speak his word and to release his word. Guess what? All God's promises to you are still valid. In the mighty name of Jesus, none of his words will return to him void. He is a God of deliverance. So we can be rest assured that we will be delivered. Now, I don't know how large your family is. I don't know how large your church is. But I can assure you that deliverance is promised. Deliverance is guaranteed for God's children. Praise God. Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14 verse 13. Moses speaking to the children of Israel. This is the, 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 the leader of, the, of God's people at the beginning of his leadership journey. He had just, you know, worked mighty miracles to convince Pharaoh, even reluctantly, after the death of the firstborn, to eventually, reluctantly release God's children and to allow them to go. But they got to a place where in front of them was the Red Sea. Impossible. Behind them was a throng of army, of chariots and trained and skilled fighters coming after the people of Israel. Now they know that God was powerful. They knew that God had delivered them. They saw the might. They saw, they saw everything. They saw the flies. They saw the locusts. They saw the water that changed. They saw the killing of the firstborn. In fact, the silver and the gold that miraculously had been transferred to them was literally in their pockets. But their lives were at stake. There is a time where money won't matter. There is a time where the enemy will want you to forget God's goodness in the past. It's a time to be still. Exodus 14 verse 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Hey, Moses, what do you mean? Ahead of us is sea, right sea, behind us, thronging army of Pharaoh's chariots. He says, do not be afraid. Stand still. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. I stand and prophesy into the life of anyone connected to this broadcast that this devil, this Egyptian, this terror that you see today, you will not see again. In the mighty name of Jesus, miraculously, there will be deliverance for your house. There will be deliverance for your family. In the name of Jesus, the problems that money cannot solve, the problems that have rattled you, bringing genuine fear and uncertainty to you, in the mighty name of Jesus, there will be deliverance. Miraculously, in the name of Jesus, somebody give the Lord a shout. Glory to God, wherever you are, that is if you can shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So deliverance will always come. Deliverance will always come for God's children. Esther chapter 4 verse 14. Esther chapter 4 verse 14. The demise, the annihilation, the destruction of God's people had been signed, sealed, and executed. And that's an encouragement for someone here. It doesn't matter how far the enemy has gone. It is not beyond God's reach. God can turn any situation around. The edict, it had been passed into law, the destruction of of the Jews already signed, already sealed, 
already delivered. All right, Esther chapter 4, verse 14. Okay, verse 13, let's start with 13. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. Verse 14, it says, for if you remain completely silent at this time, now, this is where I'm going to. Relief and deliverance will arise. I don't want you to read that as for the Jews. I want you to read it as you, yourself, for your family. That if any other person chooses to remain silent, it might not make sense. It says, but relief and deliverance will arise for God's children from some other place. It says, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. For such a time as this. Let me announce to you, this is a good time for God to release the blessing into your house. This is a good time for God to cause a transfer into your hands. This is a time. It's a, it's a time of shifting. A time of dynamic shifts. A, 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 a time of turmoil, of turbulence and hardship. But God is causing a shift to happen for his children. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, deliverance will arise. Somehow, Mordecai said, I don't know how. Maybe it is you for such a time as this. But somehow, because of the covenant God has with his children, deliverance will arise. Praise God. Praise God. Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. Let me just pick a quick example from the New Testament. The Bible tells us that Peter had been imprisoned and he was being prepped for execution. He was being prepped for execution. As far as he was concerned, there was no way out. There was no way out. James had just been executed. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 12 verse 5, it says, but the church prayed constantly. I want to let you know, child of God, in this time of stillness, don't stop praying. Do not stop praying. Do not stop fellowship. Do not stop studying the word. All right? But the point I want to make is in verse 9. Verse 9. Deliverance came for him. Deliverance came for him when it didn't make sense such that it looked like a dream. He was so convinced that this was a dream. This was a vision. This was unreal. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real but thought it was seeing a vision. I prophesy into your life that the manner in which deliverance will come for you, it will look like a dream. In the mighty name of Jesus, it might look, that the world, it might look like the world is crumbling around you. It might look like multiple people have been laid off. It might look like people are losing their jobs, losing their investments, losing their reason for existence, losing their hopes. There's a huge burden on mental health and well-being and there's just all, such, all, all sorts of turmoil all around. I prophesy into your life that deliverance will come to your house and it will look like a dream. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will literally tell somebody, tap me, wake me up. Is this happening? That will be your testimony. In the mighty name of Jesus. So be still. Be still. Remember his covenant. Remember his faithfulness. Remember his goodness. Remember his deliverance. Praise God. I hope you've been blessed this evening. Let's begin to tie this together. Drown out the noise. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 15. Drown out the noise. It's a very noisy time. The fear is palpable. Increasing statistics of deaths and infection rates. And more people are getting scared. More measures, drastic measures are being taken. And it's a very uncertain time for anyone who has a right mind. Anyone who has a right mind has every reason, justifiably so. But we belong to another kingdom. We will not be moved. We will not be shaken. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 15. It says, for thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. 
Another version says, in returning and rest, you shall find your deliverance. It says, in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. But you will not. I'm encouraging you today. Do return in stillness, in quietness. Be still and remember that the Lord your God is a God of covenant. That the Lord your God is faithful. That the Lord your God is good. That the Lord your God delivers. None of his promises to you are canceled. None of his promises to you are changed. Praise God. Drown out the noise and remember his faithfulness. And I would just like to pray with you, somebody watching this broadcast. And you're saying, I really wished it was this easy, but I can't do it. I'm genuinely scared. Before all of this happened, I've been battling with some mental health challenge. And in view of these new developments, some are saying, pray for me, pastor, I just lost my job. Some are saying, I just lost a loved one. It is very difficult times. And in fact, I'm ready to go. Some are saying, I'm suicidal. Pastor, please pray for me. I really want to be still. I really want to remember. But I can't find the strength within me to do so. I'm going to pray for you. That strength will be released for you. And that hope will be restored to you. First and foremost, before I do that, I do, want, I do not want to assume that every person under the sound of my voice belongs to this family. That every person under the sound of my voice belongs to this covenant that I speak about. So I just want to agree with you. If you are watching this broadcast and you have not given your life to Christ, you have not received his life, you do not belong to that family, very quickly let's say this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I thank you because I believe that you died for me. I believe that my sins are washed away by your blood. I believe that I was a sinner and now I am receiving your life. I am now righteous. I receive the grace to please you. I receive your spirit that is at work in me, that causes, it, causes me to bring forth good fruit, that causes me to live a life that pleases you, that causes me to be a part of your family, that causes me to enter into this covenant, this relationship that is mediated by your blood. Thank you, gracious Father, for in Jesus' name I have prayed. In Jesus' name I have prayed. If you've just said that prayer, congratulations and welcome to the family. Please get across in touch with us. We have a gift for you. I would love to pray with you. Send a message through YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, any of the channels. And one of our ministers or pastors will be in touch to pray with you. Very quickly, I want to pray for as many who are struggling with stillness. We are saying it doesn't make sense. There's so much going on. I can't find myself to remember anything. All right, I want to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word. Reminding us to be still and to know that you are God. The truth is you are God. We just want to know it. And your word tells us to be still. I pray for your children. I pray, Father, in this time of uncertainty, that the peace that passes all understanding will garrison your hearts. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke anxiety. We rebuke fear. In the name of Jesus, every grip it has over the, the children of God, we remove such grips. In the mighty name of Jesus, we rebuke you, Satan, and we command you to flee. In the name of Jesus, over the lives of God's children, there is no room for you. There is no place for you. And we command you to get out. In the name of Jesus, I speak strength. I speak hope. I speak life. I speak rejuvenation into the lives of God's children. As they receive this word, it comes alive on their inside. There is a burning again. There is a fresh interest. Their dreams come alive. They are excited once again about tomorrow. In the name of Jesus, thank you, gracious Father. Praise and honor be unto your name. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed.
Once again, on behalf of all of us at KICC here in the greater Toronto area, I want to thank you for joining us. I hope you've been blessed by this broadcast. Please remember to subscribe. Remember to follow us on all channels. God is still doing great things here. We can't wait to see you at a time when we can resume physical gatherings. We meet on Wednesdays, 7 p.m., Sundays, 10 a.m. at 1087 Mayorside Drive, Unit 1 in Mississauga. God bless you. Remember, it is still your year of shining. It is still your year of unlimited greatness. None of his promises are cancelled glory to god thank you and enjoy the rest of your week god bless you thank you so much for joining us today we hope you've been blessed by the sermon and if you would love to be a part of what god is doing in our midst feel free to join us on sundays at 10 a.m or wednesdays at 7 p.m to be a part of the giving you can give our email at info info at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember you are a champion. God bless you.